Hello everyone, welcome to another Stop Mike Dustra. This time we've got a very, very special episode. Uh, we've got a special guest. First of all, we've got Mohammed Issam, ESPN Cricket Post Bangladesh correspondent. Uh, currently, we suspect riding on a serious high following that uh, under-19 World Cup win in uh, in Bangladesh. As, as usual, we'll say hi to, uh, to Monga first. Monga, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. Uh, much needed enthusiasm, much needed spurt of enthusiasm needed for this podcast. Welcome, Isam. What What are you saying about our other episodes? Are you saying we're down on we're down on energy elsewhere? Well, I've had naps. I've had naps during some of our podcasts. So, <laughs> Isam, Isam, are you awake? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm awake, and uh, yeah, I am. I hope to inject you know whatever enthusiasm I can. <laughs> A little bit of Bangladeshi verb. Um, so, Isam, uh, let's get right into it. Last couple of days, it we saw a few of the videos that you've been sending to, through to our um, our cricket for WhatsApp channel. We've seen a few of the things that went up on the site. Just explain to us the mood since Sunday. Uh, when when first of all, explain to us the mood when the World Cup was actually won because it got it got pretty tight towards the end. Uh, what what was happening around you in Dhaka when this was happening? Well, it took a lot of people by surprise, to be honest. Uh, there were not really... Uh, many people didn't know that there was an Under-19 World Cup going on until they won the semi-final against New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, look, it uh, it is a World Cup that has always gone under the radar in, in Bangladesh. They've always been to the quarter-final. Only once they've been to the semi-final. I mean, it's a great cricket-mad nation, for sure. But sometimes, you know, uh, Under-19 World Cups don't really uh, catch the radar. Um, this one, when they won the uh, semi-final quite easily with with one uh, one guy, uh, Mahmudul Hassan Joy, scoring that hundred and with a big smile on his face, that I think that grabbed everyone's attention. And then you know, final against India, and then the dread kicked in. You know, the dread of <laughs> losing to India in another final. That was the that was the assumption that that was going to go that way. But this this is a very different uh, sort of cricket team in Bangladesh. This one is confident. This one is quite aggressive. And uh, when the win, uh, when they when they finally took that winning run, I was I was at a at a, at a cricket ground and there, there was a big screen and everyone was watching it there. About two hundred people were watching together. Um, I looked around. Um, I think I have a video of it. I, th- I think the cars in the road stopped and people got off and started to celebrate. Seriously, I mean there are there's one amazing video of a guy somewhere in Dhanmondi in my neighborhood. He was stuck in a traffic jam. He got off. Bought some sweets from a mishti dokan, uh, Monga would know, and he fed to everyone there. And he had no, he didn't know anyone, so it was all strangers and random things, you know. Um, people celebrated long and hard that night. Um, we could hear, like in pockets of <laughs> my neighborhood, you could hear some cheers going up every now and then. Um, really, people really enjoyed this moment. I mean, I haven't seen this much joy. I don't know, since a very long time, I think four or five years, when that small phase happened, when they started to beat teams, uh, when the senior teams started to beat teams in one-day tournaments, uh, one-day series, that's when I saw a bit of joy the last time, you know, such a thing happened. I mean, they could relate to this bunch of boys as well. You know, Dhaka is in a way full of immigrants uh, from, say, not immigrants, but Dhaka is full of outsiders. It's a city where people come from outside and work, and you have a group of boys who are all from outside. I'm, I'm going to tell you about them later on, but this this caught on very fast. I mean, all the stories from outside Dhaka and struggle, I think that also connected to people uh, between the semi-final and the final. 
I can totally relate to what happened because I've seen it in Dhanmondi. I was uh, I was there during Ramzan and uh, I had gone for a run and it started raining and I took shelter in one of the parks under and uh, there were some there was some school boy college boys uh, breaking their fast and they they insisted that I do it with them and everything like that so this taking part in a public celebration is nothing new to me nothing it's not surprising but you say that this is this is the most you have seen uh, this is the most joy you have seen in dhaka in a long time so uh, and a lot of people have been saying that this might be bangladesh's greatest sporting achievement forget cricket in all sport where do you i mean we want to find out from you whether that is true or not Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have won. Uh, uh, so let let let's put aside cricket for a while. Um, in other sport, they're good in archery. They're good in shooting. They have been good in hockey a long time ago. Uh, in football, they have been quite bad. I mean, very recently, a girls' football team under fourteen, they have started to win a few matches. They have started to win a few regional tournaments, but not in the scale of this. It's a World Cup. They have never won any World Cup or any world event. Never held a trophy of this height. and uh, of the stature um it's under 19 cricket world cup i understand but uh, well it's it's true it is the biggest sporting uh, achievement in bangladesh's history you did win tests uh, bangladesh did win tests in various well in sri lanka at least and test series at home test series wins at home uh, how are those seen now in relation to this this was a global tournament but it was at a junior level uh Do you think in time people will maybe reevaluate this is just a first few three or four days following the the under 19 victory do you think in time the some of the senior team's achievements will be held up alongside this one or do you think that the fact that it was world tournament is enough to put it right at the top No I don't think it's right at the top in that sense it, it is the first big achievement by by in you know in, in a pan bangladesh way in all sports that's true but uh, obviously senior senior cricket is uh is held high um the test wins over england and australia at home against sri lanka in sri lanka and obviously bangladesh is uh, you know it since 2015 it has been different that bangladesh has started to win a lot um i think i think that uh, that is added to this um achievement uh, this achievement also comes from that sort of uh, enthusiasm or that sort of inspiration that Uh, the many of these players their heroes are shakib mashrafi tamim riyad mushfiq i mean you ask them and they'll tell you you know their achievements have a lot to do with those players and how bangladesh has done in the last 5 years these are kids who some of them started to play cricket in 2016 2015 you know uh, there's one kid in the team uh, shahin alam he he gave his first uh, trial in 2016 sometimes in june 2016 so these are all recent cricketers these are not really players who have been playing for a long time the kids obviously so um, i i just i just feel that yeah i mean uh, there over the first few weeks there the people will go overboard there's a civic reception coming up the prime minister is going to host it next week it was supposed to be tomorrow but it's going to be sometime next week um some interesting facts stuff you should you guys should know you know this is a team that is quite humble i mean i've met a few of them before the tournament i met a few of them last night it doesn't seem like their eyes are glazed over i mean they haven't seen the cash yet but the the board has already taken one very significant step last night they've announced that they will be in a special camp training camp under 21 unit uh they will have to train for 2 years non stop at the same time play other leagues as well so this will be their basic training uh, facility 
it will be different from the other uh, groups uh, they will not be part of under 19s or they will not be part of any other high performance programs or any other program not even the national team yet so what they will do is they will train with this group they'll have a special coach for it special a, a separate trainer and they will tour and they will they'll be treated as any other team but they'll have to train separately so that that gap between 90 under 19 and international cricket is started they, you know they can they can fulfill that gap so and they'll be paid 100000 taka per month for it every every player it'll be renewed after 2 years so that was a very significant step because it usually what happens we have seen it in the past that oh we'll give him a house we'll give him a car that is still awaiting them uh, when the when the that was yeah that, that was that was my next question have they been given some land overlooking <laughs> some river or like their own personal spot in cox's bazaar like they haven't been uh, and is this stuff yet to come like i'm sure there are like sponsors and corporates and all of these uh, bodies because of the extreme popularity now just lining up to to kind of like ally their names with uh, these players and this team they haven't come yet the, the vultures are circling i've seen many of them yesterday <laughs> if you start giving them these gifts if you start making them more popular you end up making them more powerful and is there is there a threat that these boards are wary of uh, player power and they're actually trying to you know uh, just condition these guys when they're young so that there's no strike 5 years down the line when they don't pay them properly No, that precedent has been set, mate. Uh, I, I, I'm sure Monga they they will they're not thinking about it now, but I'm sure the board understands that now. That um, well, it, it will happen if if it goes wrong again. This is a very uh, matured group of players, very different from other groups that I've seen and what the coaches are saying as well. I, I'm sure it will not come to that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm just let's be hopeful about it, but. um yeah there is the threat that uh, player power that is how player power works i think that is how it have works you first give them something you make them very popular the public loves them and with social media you know it it becomes trust this heavy. podcast in this like in this time of like extreme happiness for bangladesh <laughs> to bring like this full down or be like these are the these are the pitfalls that they must avoid which <laughs> has only been 3 days since they won so i uh, let, let's keep it on a on a happy note uh isam Who were the players in this team? So you said they, they weren't really part of the public consciousness before the semi-final. Who are the players that I guess like the public have really connected with? Uh, who kind of have those stories that in the last three days have been told and retold and, and dug up and uh, enjoyed by uh, the Bangladesh cricketing public? Yeah, the fir- firstly it's Akbar Ali, uh, someone who everyone connected with, and it's such a tragic story for their family. Uh, his sister died while giving birth to a child. a uh, couple of days before the uh, uh, couple of days before the final and apparently no one had told him first and then someone from his town informed him and absolutely i mean you can't even imagine this kid he kept it to himself um he kept first of all he kept it to himself and then he played the final he had a smile on his face he didn't let his team i mean his teammates knew but he didn't let the world know that um something was about was going was happening back home and one newspaper i think reported it in bangladesh and then then people knew i mean until someone had reported it in in the newspaper i, I don't their family didn't even tell and they had journalists at their home like all the time before that so you know there was it's a small town rongpur right up north i mean it 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 could have become a thing before the final and you know you know akbar would have felt I think he's told our colleagues stressed that he doesn't want this to be uh, in the media and and we have not put it in the media I mean, in, on on cricket info 
which was I think was very sensitive of us of to do and, and to be honest with you if, apart from in this podcast no <laughs> no I mean it has been mentioned but, many times and he I mean where we we saw him yesterday his dad was there I mean shattered I mean his dad looked shattered and um, I, I just felt that this is one guy who probably gets it that you know family matters you know how he understands those things and people around him have been told telling me the coaches the scouts that he's he's had a level head since he's 14 i mean he's been the bangladesh captain in under 14 16 18 and 19 now so he has led from the front for a very long time he's been looked at and it comes from such a small town that it's very you know uh, unique i mean we we don't really have a lot of small town guys to be under 19 captains usually it's from the bigger sort of towns like Khulna and all these uh, you know bigger sort of more more uh, popular sort of places you have those uh, captains from but this guy they have earmarked for a long time and because of his calmness because of his you know this this personality that he has and then you have guys like uh, Mahmudul Hassan who made the 100 against New Zealand um, uh, he's from Chatpur Chatpur is uh, very famous for the Hilsha um, he comes from a family where he was taken on vacation and someone told him that he should take up cricket seriously. Some uncle told him. He came back home and he started to play cricket seriously. That's one story. And then, of course, you have Shoriful Islam. Uh, again, Stresh did a story on Shoriful. He comes from another small town, Ponchogar. Ponchogar is right up north on the Indian border. Um, he is a left-arm quick. He, you know, he worked through injuries. He made sure that he was ready for this World Cup. And he was he's quite quick. He's a good fielder as well. I mean, that's not something you see in Bangladesh, you know, as a fastball. Some of Bangladesh's best fast bowlers, Mustafiz Rahman as well, Subhashish Roy, they all come from border towns. Mustafiz, in fact, was born five kilometers from the India-Bangladesh border. Shoriful, I, I was very impressed with Shoriful. He, he has... He has the kind of uh, impact that Mustafizur has, but he he looks fitter and he's a better fielder and he looks he looks like a more like a longer term prospect. Uh, could we talk more about Shoriful's skills? Yeah, he he is um, so a left arm quick and he slightly taller than Mustafizur and he has that sort of bounce that he can produce. He shot into limelight where. About three years ago, actually two years ago, he played in a first-class match and he, I think he got eight or nine wickets in that match. And I was covering that game in Mirpur and he really got everyone's attention. There was another guy, Yasin Arafat, they bowled in tandem and, I mean, initially everyone, it, it, it turned heads. And the fact that he could move the ball away from the, uh, from the left-hander... You know, moving it inside in, into the right-hander, he had that bounce, that awkward bounce that, you know, none of Bangladesh's bowlers have right or left-handed. Um, so that that really caught everyone's attention. Then he got injured. Then he got injured for like a year. He had a stress fracture on his back. And then he recovered from it. I mean, people thought that he was done. I mean, that's what happens with kids in Bangladesh. You know, one injury and it's very hard to come back in this infrastructure that we have. Not a lot of good physios, not a lot of good trainers. I mean, most of the good trainers are busy with the national team. So somehow the BCB kept an eye on him and made sure that this guy got the best treatment. He recovered and then they saved him up. I don't think he played a lot of domestic cricket after that, after that injury. Not a lot. I mean, I think I think he touched upon one day and T20s, some first class games. I don't know whether he played a lot of matches. I mean, I, I'm not sure whether it's, you can call it a lot of matches, but they saved him up for the under-19s. Mm -hmm. And then since last year, he has been cloistered, you know, just kept aside, made sure that they, they wanted to make sure that he was ready for South Africa. So I think he really delivered, uh, you know, in the final, those two wickets and, you know, uh, it just made, and his aggression, 
that's another thing his aggression he apparently um uh, before the final he told their fielding coach who's another crazy guy faisal hussain that uh, i want to do a a celebration of writing the name of the indian batsman putting it in my pocket and you know giving a salute and the fielding coach himself quite a, 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 a lunatic he said that look it's the it's the final be careful he said no 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 it's, i'll do it only when i get a wicket so there you have it he's he's something to to look forward to i think let's let's try to get our heads around this uh, india bangladesh rivalry what is it uh, why why do bangladeshis love india so much <laughs> no 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 we do we do we are neighbors you know uh this is uh, this manga we have we have obviously spoken about it at length and i, I just i just feel that it it is going to grow at least in the cricket field this is going to grow um this is because of all the finals that we start to play a lot of people in bangladesh actually believe that the india pakistan rivalry is dead that doesn't exist anymore i mean um india pakistan rivalry was had a lot to do with the history politics and and geography and everything somehow somehow people have started to believe that with bangladesh making a lot of these finals at every level women's cricket uh, men's finals asia cup this and that and then you have obviously then you obviously have this under 19 final now um at every level there is a bit of rivalry but very strangely you have a lot of indian coaches helping out you have wasim jafar in the system you had i mean we had wasim jafar in the system you had sunil joshi obviously bangladesh's uh, uh, bowling coach in the women's we have both our uh, assistant coach bangladesh's assistant coach and head coach are indians and there's a trainer as well from india and uh, even in, in at every level you you're getting that help and obviously bcb models itself after the bcci in many ways uh, you know with a lot of these things that they're trying to achieve uh, india has become the role model that's one part of it but the other part is the rivalry that comes from and i and i think i'm allowed to say it that it's a country that most bangladeshis don't really uh, look forward to watching on the field they don't like losing to india in a lot of ways and it, i think it is it is a lot to do with the with our geographical location and what has been happening on the border for a long time um it's always that big brother small brother thing that keeps happening and now the small brother is you know bangladesh is doing better at cricket and a few other things you know sometimes those these global indexes come up about you know uh, you know this this becomes a social media thing that okay we have more more toilets per square mile india doesn't have it very 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 tough to make those uh, calls that bangladesh is doing better but you know there are certain areas where bangladesh uh, have caught up with india in 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 certain you know development sides and everything i think that also plays a part in the in the minds of the public that okay we are we are we are getting better we are getting better we are catching up with india and then cricket comes along where you know sometimes you beat india you know that 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 word that beat india that you know it has a effect on on the public uh, mindset um it it gets very nasty at times we know it all we know it we know all of it it gets nasty at times and nowadays i think it 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 starts with nasty so it was not very difficult to i, I again i spoke to the bowling coach um i'm going to do a piece on their the inside story and some of the other stuff i've spoken to three of their coaches i've spoken to wasim jafar as well but the bowling coach told me that it wasn't hard to motivate them before the final this woke up and told them you're playing against india and they said yeah we lost to india and they lost to india thrice i don't know whether you guys know but in the asian uh, under 19 tournament bangladesh couldn't chase 102 runs in colombo 
and that really sparked a lot of these players that well we have to beat india now so that he said that it, it was hard to inspire them let's talk a little bit of the about that nastiness because that's like the that's the thing that that catches everyone's attention whenever india and bangladesh play and i think it's important to kind of deal with it head on so after this under 19 final there are a few incidents obviously bangladesh stormed the field is nothing unusual about that that happens in every global tournament everywhere men's women's whatever age group uh, however there are a few little altercations on the field uh, there was a little bit of niggle my caveat to all of this is that these are all sort of 19 years and under sort of young men and which means they're all stupid sorry if you're 19 and younger like this you you know at, at that age you don't not your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully formed you're you're not necessarily always going to make the best decisions and you, maybe occasionally you get you get emo- you let emotions take over but w- i just want to know from isam how that has been how that little altercation it wasn't a major thing i think both teams got over it reasonably quickly but how that has been uh, interpreted in the bangladesh press and uh, how you know what what people think of uh, of that little niggle at the end of that game as far as the mainstream media is concerned you asked about the press they have just reported it normally they have just reported that the fact first of all um, i think akbar came out and said we are sorry we're disappointed with what happened uh, the indian captain said what they did was dirty that caught the headlines and then the icc's decision so that was quite straightforward um, but you you know just to be honest about the whole thing they bangladesh bangladesh bowled first and as we all have played cricket we know that you know when you start sledging the other team is going to you know fielding sides do the sledging right so um, when bangladesh started it was all targeted they knew that they would do it they they were going to give send offs and and it was planned that they would get aggressive first over sakib threw a ball over the over jaiswal's head you know it was it was going to be that it was that was how bangladesh were going to go and then with the fast bowlers giving them a good start i think that aggression kept on and we could see a lot of send offs from bangladesh and then when india started to bowl um, i think uh, bishnoi gave a number of send offs it kept happening and there was a lot of niggle going on and finally when it ended i think that's when it all just boiled over with all the indian fielders you know falling flat on their back and then you had the bangladesh fielder players running in and just you know going after them and then the altercation started there was a there was a flag incident apparently and we all try, tried to see all the footages and it did look like a torn flag somewhere so those things happened and then i think it it took a while i think it took about 10 minutes to clear things up and then the bangladeshis were separated there was a lot of mic drops and this and that and kids as i said i mean it's as fernando you said as well these are kids and they will always do this and they have had that pent up frustration of not beating india um on on three separate tours i think and that just boiled over um as far as the media is concerned it was quite straightforward it was reported normally um but again you have these um, you know these uh, tv uh, channels which uh, obviously zoomed into those uh, incidents like really zoomed into them and social media is social media so if if anything it is like a clear proof that none of them is overaged because they they just acted their age and which is which is reading too much into the reaction uh, but uh, th- there's another you know another similar thing happened when virat kohli's team won the under 19 world cup yeah, he was yeah, yeah. He, he was really pumped up and india behaved just as, just the way that bangladesh did after winning this one but th- at that time south africa didn't respond the way india did in this game language language 
ஸ்கின் I'm not sure that's that's why India has started to beat Australia but there could be a similar pattern here where Bangladesh thinks if you have to beat India you have to try to get under their skins and you have to sledge them you have to because they have seen they have seen Virender Sehwag's attitude they have seen some of the Indian cricketers attitudes over the year towards Bangladesh team even though Bangladesh had started to beat India maybe not in test matches but in ODIs and T20s so maybe this like years and years of uh, lack of recognition lack of respect that just come that that just spills over every time bangladesh beats india i i can see that in mushfiqur mushfiqur is otherwise <laughs> a very level headed most yeah. of the times it just comes off when it's india <laughs> yeah but w- w- when it when it comes to india all bets are off you don't know what he'll do so uh, and also india's ba- india and bangladesh relations cricket relationship is a very interesting one because uh Indian cricketers we know used to go and play club cricket in Dhaka and it was it was quite a lucrative assignment for them back in the 90s and 80s and India played a big part in uh, getting Bangladesh test status although they had their own selfish reasons for that and since then it was only about 2 3 years ago that India invited Bangladesh for their first test tour of India so uh, there was there was this two contradictory approaches towards bangladesh and in between you had cricketers like sehwag who would say disparaging things for every bangladesh achievement so i, I think that that sort of kind of plays uh, on the mind of bangladesh which and their players and their fans tend to get misunderstood when you see their reaction in isolation and not as a whole picture of the you know the the it's almost an adolescence for bangladesh cricket right now so you you don't like if you see that they in re- isolation how the players have reacted you might say it is lacking grace but there's a lot of emotions that are coming out at that moment that release which i think people don't tend to understand when they say hey we want bangladesh to lose because they react that way and which also might not be true because i saw alan wilkins he was celebrating in the com box when the winning runs were hit so if if india have this feeling that uh, they they were the more popular sides uh, they might they might need to do a uh, rain check yeah i'm feeling a bit left out here because sri lanka doesn't have this kind of rivalry with anybody anymore <laughs> Every, we're like everybody's the one time was when uh, the with, with uh, the nidahas trophy in 2017 was it when uh, bangladesh came over and like a glass door was shattered and like the naginda sparked off but that was like a one week thing after that everyone calmed down no one cared about it anymore after that like bangladesh have still, since been back to sri lanka and played and it's been fine there's been no clear rivalry and so i mean i think the, the the history is one of the key things the history and like diplomatic relationships playing have sharing a border all of this stuff adds so much fire to these relationships and uh, and it's amazing that even at under 19 level everyone's so aware of that and uh, and it 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 kind of gives everything uh, its own perspective yeah absolutely i mean uh, just just to 
just to add to manga what one manga just said that the, you know manga before testators there was the likes of raman lamba arun lal and ashok malhotra but now there is way more indian players coming to the dhaka premier league because the bcci is now allowing them to play list a cricket outside india they then they didn't allow them uh, so it started i think 3 years ago and now most of the foreign players in the in the dhaka premier league are from india you have the I likes i think yusuf pathan is already a legend oh yeah <laughs> yeah you have parvez rasool playing uh, yusuf pathan playing you have uh, abhimanyu um, what's his name iswaran No, no, no. Ishwaran. Ishwaran. Yeah, yeah. There's one. I think Unmuk Unmuk Chand also. Made oh yeah, he has played. Unmuk Chand has played for three clubs, I think, so far. Uh, Bengal captain. Uh, his name is Ishwaran. Now. Ishwaran. Yeah. Ishwaran. He has played couple of seasons. Played very well. And a lot of these are the Saxena brothers, Jalat Saxena, yeah. and they have both played. Both played. And they have really reached to that level that Wasim Jafar, when he came and played for Abahani, scored runs. He's had a. He spoke to Shomu. He to, spoke to Khalid Mahmood, and they understood that his his batting knowledge is really good. So they hired him for the HP, a high performance batting unit, and he worked. Actually, he worked with the the shadow under nineteen team. I was speaking to him the other day, so he's worked with the shadow under nineteen batsman. He knows the ins and outs, and very interestingly, Mustaf, one of Mustafizur's coach, is. Uh, 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 the Bengal fast bowler Subrata Banerjee, I think. So he worked. Yeah. So he worked with Bangladesh in the Bangladesh under nineteen setup. It's very interesting. There's that to and fro. It all sometimes, you know, it reminds me of the nineties when Australia used to help out Sri Lanka in many ways, and they used to call uh, no ball when Murli bowled. So that yeah. that <laughs> one was yeah. very Australia. Australia gave lots of administrative assistance. Yeah, 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 yeah. More and yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alex Kunturi were hired. But from their money, and then on the field, you know, on the field, uh, Daryl Hare would be calling him no ball, and they'd be they'd be basically at each other's throats on the field. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's like cricket relationships are fascinating uh, that way. One other relationship, because again, I'm feeling left out. I want to touch on is uh, all of all of Bangladesh's greatest achievements have been masterminded by a Sri Lankan. I'll explain what that means. Uh, 2016 World Cup, 2015 World Cup uh, quarterfinal, then beating England, getting to the quarterfinal. Shandika Hathrasinghe was head coach. Then beating Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka uh, in a Test match that was also Hathrasinghe's handiwork. In in uh, Islam, you can jump in at any point and tell me you know that I'm wrong and that uh, that there was other stuff going on. Also, also in the um, uh, those two series you mentioned against India and Pakistan and South Africa at home. Again, Hathor Singh was involved. Now, this under-19 triumph. Now, it now asks the former Sri Lankan uh, batsman is uh, was the head coach. Is there something? Uh, I think Champakaramanaik has worked very extensively with Bangladesh over the years as well. Is there something there? Is, do Sri Lankans bring something especially, or do they just happen to be in the right place at the wrong right time? Do they happen to charge the right amount that the BCB can afford to hire them? What's going on here? But before Isam yeah, comes in, also yeah, uh, yeah. the the trainer Mario, whom uh, Tamim and a lot of uh, guys credit for their physical fitness turnaround, is also Sri Lankan. Again, so it again it starts from the eighties when um, you had people like uh, Gamagi. You had you had a lot of these Sri Lankan players come to Bangladesh and footballers as well. A um, lot of lot of Sri Lankan footballers used to uh, come and play in Bangladesh. So that relationship started, and then in the 90s, when Bangladesh was getting close to the Test status, uh, Sri Lanka cricket sent two coaches. Um, you know, one of them, uh, Carlton Bernandes. 
from the SLC. He works in the SLC now. He was in BCC, BCB working in the development side. And Tamim, Shakib, that generation owes a lot to him as well. So he uh, he developed a lot of things with Richard McKins, who was uh, the first HP coach. And these two were very instrumental in that generation. And see, they're still playing. So you can say that, uh, you know, that's one contribution. Then you had the Sri Lankan connection with Dev Watmore. Dev Watmore was very Sri Lankan, as far as a lot of Bangladeshis were concerned. He he knew man management well. He knew how to manipulate certain player behavior. He knew how to talk to That's the media. That's very Sri Lankan. That's very Sri Lankan, apparently, according to a lot of, <laughs> a, lot of a lot of Bangladeshi players. So Dev, L- Dev Malinga would not agree, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think any Bangladeshi ever treated Dev Watmore as an Australian. I think for them he was always a Sri Lankan. So that was another. And Dev Watmore made a huge contribution. I mean to. 2007 World Cup completely under him. That whole run up to that tournament, they were losing for five years, man. When I mean, 99-2004, they lost 47 matches on the bounce. This guy comes along, starts to win and starts to beat teams, start to get you know get uh, take Pakistan close, you know push Pakistan in Test matches under Dave Watmore. Then you have that phase, then a bit of a lull. But then Sri Lankans always worked in Bangladesh cricket, somehow or the other. I mean, that trust, that trust is there. I think it has been all along with Sri Lankan coaches and Sri Lankan players. Then came Chandika Hathura Singh. I mean, even yesterday, board president can't really forget Mr. Chandika Hathura Singh. He said that when Hathura Singh, the, from the moment Hathura Singh left, there was a depression in Bangladesh cricket. You know what? You know what? He's right. No, meanwhile, we've been trying to get rid of him. Like, the Sri Lanka board has been trying to get rid of him for months. I mean, like, we've, uh, SLC has fired him in, like, the most humiliating and unfair way, I think. <laughs> like, he came back to, he, Sri Lanka basically begged Hathor Singer to come back, and then we got rid of him half, a uh, year and a half later. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, this is the other thing I wanted to, uh, sometimes we have a Sri Lanka sadness corner in, uh, in this podcast. And I just want to get a little bit, like, a little bit, bit navel gazy and a little bit sad for Sri Lanka right now because obviously people like uh, Sri Lanka never come close to winning the Under 19 World Cup. By the way, despite the fact that Sri Lanka thinks we have this amazing Under 19 system and uh, our school cricket's really healthy, Sri Lanka's never come close to winning it. Uh, so we've had Navid Nawaz obviously go and do great things with Bangladesh. Uh, right now we've got Mahela Jawadhan who's contributing to Indian cricket by being one of the best IPL coaches there who has coached Kulna Titans as well, so he's made contributions to um, to Bangladesh cricket. Recently went to Maldives and is helping them re, uh, retool their domestic system. Uh, meanwhile, Persona Non Grata in SLC is not is not uh, basically allowed to do anything. He tried to change the SLC domestic system, which badly needs to change, and, uh, and obviously he's not been allowed to do that. Uh, we've talked about Hathur Singer, we've talked about all these other coaches, Champaka Ramanayaka doesn't, uh, isn't giving hired in, in Sri Lanka either. Uh, all these ex-Sri Lankan players who could contribute to Sri Lankan cricket are actually contributing to all these uh, other teams. And I just wanted to ha- go on a little bit of a rant and, uh, and, and, uh, and talk about that. But I want to come back to you, Sam, about uh, under-19 structure. Like, did this come out of nowhere or did, was there actually systems in place so that you could foresee the under-19 team rising up and doing something like this? No, it was always there for the last 14 or so years. I mean, 2006 was when Shakib and Tamim, they played the 19 
they were under 19 cricketers and since then we've always heard that this was a team that could potentially be world champions i mean for a long time 2010 was when mominol shammu sarkar they played together sabir rahman they had heartbreaking losses always lost in quarter finals finally in 2016 you had the team reaching the semi finals and they made a mistake uh, winning the toss against west indies bounced them out 2014 uh, you have Shadman Shadman Islam who now plays test cricket he was the highest scorer and he had guys like Aidan Markram Nicholas Puran below him so you know they always hit that high note in under 19 cricket and it's always been like this under 19 cricket great international cricket poor because between them the domestic structure is so bad that you know they just the moment they jump into domestic structure many of them get lost you have a very high percentage of players who end up not playing anything after the under 19 i mean it's fine you, the kids doesn't the kids don't have to play cricket after that but in bangladesh under 19 cricket is in a way a professional structure you know players when they start to play uh, under 14s under 16s you know they uh, they understand that this is going to be their career and then if they get dissolution or if they get injured or if they lose interest okay they leave it but that is a very small minority in bangladesh that is a, that is a, that is indeed a minority of people who first get into the system and then it takes them a long time to get out of the system but the problem being is that under 19 structure in bangladesh the age group structure is superb you have you their their scouting is right i mean they have really gone into the length and breadth of the country to find players mustafiz's story i mean i was i have a bit of a uh, a personal i have a bit of a contribution to it mustafiz when he came along uh, so he was mad about cricket i knew one of his uh, uncles we used to work together in a newspaper and he gave a a trial in a pace bowling camp he they picked him but the, i think the phone number was wrong or something was wrong so i had to go and correct it to the in the bcb i went and corrected it that this is the guy you're looking for they picked him this guy he is so deep into the you know southwest border you don't really hear people from there coming even to dhaka you don't even meet people from there to be honest with you and you have a cricketer from there who's mastered in cutters and all those things I mean this it doesn't sit sometimes it doesn't sit well with me at the, what is happening I mean is this really that good it is really that good that under 19 structure is really good if the bangladesh team uh, sorry the bangladesh cricket board could replicate that structure into how they run the senior men's team it, it can make a lot of difference but it's not it's run by mr nazmul hasan papon so i want to go back to the time i think it was 2016 isam when you and i worked on that story on bangladesh cricket and we were very optimistic about where it was headed and with the results over the last couple of years and there were test series uh, there were test match wins there was good performance in world events in limited overs cricket cricket uh, what happened after that uh, did it do you think it plateaued do you do you think what uh, like what happened after that and whether this success is the kind of is just the you know the boost it needed for cricket to come back on track longa we uh, did that story in 2016 when they just had you know they went through and then after we did that story they beat england at home uh, they nearly beat them in the one day series they beat them in the test match in dhaka it was huge i mean and then uh, just notice one thing and it all the players tell me all the senior players tell me in private mainly uh, tamim is the only one who's always been vocal about it that they play very little cricket if you compare the amount of matches that other teams play i'm just talking generally like australia 
India, even Sri Lanka, you'll see that Bangladesh plays one third of the cricket that they play. And the problem is, every time they play a series, they do well. You see a gap of three months, four months. These are cricketers, they don't go back to domestic cricket because that really doesn't give them that competitive uh, level. So they, when they go back to domestic cricket, it's not the same thing. And then by the time you bring them back to international cricket, for a lot of these cricketers, it's again starting from, okay, let's, let's say it's not starting from zero, but starting from 10. So they have to start from 10 and they have to try to reach 80. But for players like, I mean, I have been, a lot of the coaches have explained this to me. And, and in a way, it's true. I've gone through stats a number of times that every time they have a good series, they go through six months of no cricket, basically, or a different format. Why are they reluctant to play teams like Afghanistan, Nepal, and it's it, they're not bad opposition. They will keep you from getting rusty and in the process you will also help those countries come up the way you wanted to be helped when you were coming along. The players don't understand why the cricket board doesn't want to play. I know why the cricket board doesn't want to play. They don't want bad media. They don't want a bad image losing to Afghanistan. Afghanistan has become the banana skin of Bangladesh cricket right now. I mean, they just don't want to lose to them. They want to beat them, but they don't know how to do that because they have Rashid Khan. At every level, there is problem. I mean, let me tell you honestly, Ireland is a great opponent. I mean, you bring them or you go and play there. You have a feel of English cricket with the weather and everything. Right? So before the World Cup, before the Champions Trophy, they go to Ireland, they'll play their one-day series. Look, that is an administrative problem and that keeps happening. And you'll see how they have started to plateau and then start to go into a negative sort of uh, wavelength. I mean, it's it was so sad to see Hathura Singh uh, trying to arrange matches. You see uh, Steve Rose trying to arrange tours. I mean, the coaches, they understand that you know, this team is going to be good if they keep playing at that level. You'll see, you know, you know, Manga, you'll see Sri Lanka and India playing a lot of one-day series out of nowhere, right? Suddenly, they're playing a one-day series, a T20 series. Bangladesh cricket needs that. They they really... And, and for that, you don't need a Sri Lanka, you don't need an India. You know, uh, you yeah, you need an Afghanistan, to be honest. It's, it's not like there's no commercial appetite because as far as I know, Bangladesh is blessed with... I've, I've come. To, it's a slightly cynical view, but I've come to realize you need two things for a cricket team to come up. That One is human resource. That's not cynical. But the second is you need commercial appetite in the country to buy the broadcast rights, to sponsor players, to put sh- their names on shirts. And there's no dearth of that in Bangladesh. So I don't see any reason why Bangladesh should not be playing why the Bangladesh players should not be complaining about actually player fatigue and instead of uh, complaining about not getting enough matches? It's again, uh, the cricket board. I mean, they can't even sell their own tournaments. They can't even sell, they can't even sell a Dhaka Premier League to sponsors. They can't even get them to broadcast. It's, it's a form of laziness. It's a form of amateurism. They are, they run a professional cricket board, uh, so to speak, but I, I honestly don't think that uh, they really know how to really sell this cricket team. You know, just one example. I mean, you have these sporting uh, goods companies like New Balance and Nike. They've been trying to get in the Bangladesh market through the Bangladesh cricket team. The BCB doesn't get it. The BCB's social media handles, if you look at them, at par with any one of them, just look at the content. I mean, they're not even serious about it. They don't even know how to sell cricket. And I'm being very honest about it. They have only one sponsor for every domestic event. It's called Walton. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen. Walton has been the the be-all and end-all of, of... But there are thousands of companies, foreign companies, who are willing to spend millions on this cricket team, on this cricket board. You, you, don't, really, you don't really get that. 
and it's not like it's an ethical decision to you know stop uh, the globalization of uh, <coughs> because <coughs> Uh, the Bangladesh economy is open. It, it's open to foreign invest investment. It's not an ethical decision to prevent foreign investment and protect uh, local companies. It's it has to be like unprofessionalism at like many levels to not have because this team, everybody outside knows. It, if you watch a cricket match, and I don't think I enjoy watching any other crowd more than. Bangladesh because Bangladesh crowds are living every ball of the game you don't need to watch the match to see what's happening you you just look at the fans and you know you will know what is happening whether it's a tense situation whether Bangladesh is doing well or whether Bangladesh is doing bad so uh, you any any company any sponsor can see that and they would want to invest in that fan but anyway that's how <laughs> that's how the board rolls well uh, I, I think I should just add one little bit um, uh, you guys probably have read through my pieces and Monga you have visited Bangladesh Andrew you have also done so but this cricket board is an amazing amazingly unique cricket board which is run by one man <laughs> run by one man actually run by one or two uh, people yeah, and this is this is what we this is what we were building up in this whole podcast by the way some pepon stories come on come on Asamia let's do it let's do it no, no, I mean, everyone knows in Bangladesh that he runs the show and he even, it's like a non-stop bullshit machine. Yesterday he said that, uh, yesterday yesterday in the press conference, it just veered into uh, a question about the senior team. And he said, look, I haven't interfered in the last one year. You have called me Mr. Interferer. One newspaper article said that he's the Mr. Interferer of Bangladesh cricket. Uh, he said, I'm going to be back. That's a bad, bad sign. That's a really bad sign. If he thinks that in the last one year he hasn't interfered. Only thing he didn't know about was one or two lineups that uh, they were going to play in Lords in that Pakistan game in the World Cup and one or two lineups uh, in India in the Kolkata test or what they are going to do. The coach has to tell him whether they will bat first or bowl first. The coach has to tell him and get approval for it. Okay, it has come down to that now. Previously, it was him going on the media and, and telling the selectors what to do. And then they got the selector fired and got the new guy in. Now it's gone into that place. And it's been happening in the background for a long time. And I can go on and on and on about it. You guys had a podcast about conflict of interest. We have a guy who has got 12 roles, 11, 12 roles in Bangladesh cricket. To be honest with you, Khaled Mahmood did brilliant work with the under-19 team. He made sure the board sent them to New Zealand for that one-day series, to England for that tri-nation. He made sure that they practice separately in, in Bogra so that, you know, they, they get a grassy wicket to practice on for South Africa. He, he really put those policies in place. But this guy has his finger in all the pies. So, you know, uh, he's being criticized all the time. He has nicknames on social media and all that. That's because he's got 11 or 12 roles and he doesn't know what he's doing in many of those roles. But he's there. He has to be there. He's Papon's man. You know, he, there's a group of four or five people. They basically run the show. And domestic cricket, they've just destroyed Bangladesh's domestic cricket. This has destroyed Bangladesh's domestic cricket. You know? So this is, for, for listeners not aware, this is uh, uh, Isam talking about Bangladesh's uh, board president, Nazmul Hassan, uh, nicknamed Papon. And not the so, singer. Uh, and not the Bollywood singer in India who's... So I think we're we're almost running out of time, but I wanted to quickly touch on uh, what the senior team has been doing just the last couple of weeks. 
the most ridiculous touring schedule I've ever seen, which is after 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 uh, saying for weeks that the Pakistan tour was going to be a security issue and that uh, it was going to be tough. They've now come up with the most uh, complicated uh, and involved touring schedule. Going, they're doing three separate trips to Pakistan uh, for two tests and how many one days? Uh, one, one, one. Uh, day. Islam, what? Yeah, one one day. So they're doing three separate trips to Pakistan, which is insane. I've never heard anything like this. Um, they've just finished the first leg of that, and they lost that test quite substantial. I think by an innings, um, by an innings and forty four runs. Uh, Isam, in the, I'm sure that no one cares about that that test result right now, be it based on uh, the under nine because of the under nineteen win. But uh, what's your take on it? Uh, um, on the tour in general and why we ended up with this crazy tour and uh, just talk us through that first test as well so uh, they, they toured to uh, they toured Lahore first for three T20s uh, in January um, sorry in February I think uh, I just don't even ask it <laughs> that crazy so they played three T20s in January late January they took six openers along they put them in the... They just distributed the openers in the middle order and told Tamim to be the anchor. And then they criticized him for it, for playing slowly. They lost both... All three T20... Uh, two T20s they lost. The third was washed off. Then they came back. They played a few first-class matches. Tamim got a triple 100. They go to Rahul Pindi. Done. No one scores runs. They lose. And the worst part is they all got starts. All the batsmen. First inning, second inning mixed. Most of them got starts. And they got a hang of the Pakistan fast bowling. And then the moment they got set, tried to play shots, got out. Completely based on the fact that in India, they were not prepared for the test match. Between the India and the Pakistan test match, they just played one first class game. No planning involved. You can see in the tour. So Mushfiq doesn't tour Pakistan. He said he will not go to Pakistan any of the three legs, right? So he didn't play the T20s. He will not play in Rawalpindi. He's fit for Zimbabwe next week. The one test match. He'll play that test match, he'll play that one-day series, he'll play the T20s. Then in April, when they will go to Pakistan again, uh, they're going to have to go without Mushfiq. So the, you'll, have, you'll have... So now, in okay, one more thing. Um, in, uh, in, the test in, Zim, in the test in Dhaka, uh, test match in Dhaka and Zimbabwe, they're likely to drop Mahmudullah as well. So you'll have Mahmudullah drop for the test match. Then he'll be brought back for that test match for sure. Because, you know, lack of experience, the selectors are going to say. The problem is uh, the fact that Bangladesh has completely lost confidence in their own ability since the World Cup. Um, the, the funny thing was, I think, Monga, you could have, you might have noticed that many of the, you know, experts and commentators said they did well in the World Cup, beating South Africa, West Indies and Afghanistan. But after that, Mashrafi got hounded for just taking one wicket. Tamim got hounded. And they started to lose, started, they kept losing, losing, losing. They lost Shakib in that whole thing. Then they went to India, made a great start, beat India in Delhi. That could have been a spark, didn't happen. I think Deepak Chahar just blew them away in that third game in Nagpur. Then the two test matches, I'm just, I'm just going on and on about it. You have lack of confidence among the players, and then you have lack of confidence or um, a little too uh, involvement by the administrators where they decide that, they, that, that there should be a one day before a test match as a warm-up game. That's what's going to happen in April in Karachi. Bangladesh will play a one-day match. Two days later, they're going to start a test match. That's what the admin, When you let the administrators take cricketing decisions, you get a three-legged tour to Pakistan where you do all this. 
but that's that's not necessarily like you you said that uh, the team did not get appreciated <coughs> for the world cup it had maybe that's that's a good sign that the expectation is from the public is not of, of just one of upset but of consistent good performances which which i think as as we have heard from you the administrators have not come on board with no that's the thing i mean uh, obviously the world cup wasn't a great campaign but it wasn't such a bad campaign that the players go into depression and the administrators start to change fire the coach just making excuses you know um very popular decisions and most of them is based on facebook comments and all this i mean seriously the board president apparently doesn't go into facebook the other board directors apparently they don't go into facebook i really don't believe that i, I think I've seen a lot of bullshit on Facebook. Bangladesh is very big on Facebook, by the way. It's not WhatsApp University for Bangladesh. I'm ashamed that I have that in common with the BCB guys that I don't go on. Facebook. No, no, no. Oh, that means you have a Facebook account, right? That's no, mean, that means, Manga, you do have two or three Facebook accounts. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's big in, in Bangladesh. And again, I'm, I'm sorry I'm bringing it up, but a lot of these times I've seen people who are close to these board presidents and board directors making facebook comments and then you see those decisions happening so uh, i think we we're just about running out of time um isam thank you so much for for joining us uh monga thanks as always uh isam any any final words any let's let's try and end on a hopeful note i think we've done our usual thing where we've like started off with enthusiasm then gone into all the problems all the things that frustrate us as journalists working in these countries uh isam one final thing uh about bangladesh cricket is there if there's one thing you'd want to finish off with this under 19 uh triumph is massive it just uh, the right time for bangladesh to have that boost bangladesh cricket to have that boost people will start to play cricket again i'm sure people will start to love cricket again because of these kids these stories that we have heard um unbelievable guys from small town bangladesh achieving something so great i mean um it's it's something that sometimes brings a tear to your eye because these are kids they understand the real meaning of a teamwork you'll not see any of them being the highest scorer or the highest uh, wicket taker they have all contributed to this team and they have made sure that under a sri lankan coach navid nawaz <laughs> they have won the world thank cup thank you thank you <laughs> has there been a single headline that says emo nache no but uh, no, oh, no, man, no no come on <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's wrap things up there uh uh isam monga thank you uh, i think uh, the rest of the crew will be back with a regular stump my podcast next week uh catch up with them then and uh, hopefully we'll catch you in a couple of weeks time thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>